13 game point streak. Something that hasn't happened in several seasons. This this time around with the 13 game point streak, things are going to end a little better than they did in I believe 2016. 2016. I think I think it would be the 2017 half of the season, but yes. Yeah. 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 Uh but still, it's 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 better this time around this 13 game point streak. This is the Kane's Country podcast. My name is Brett Finger. I'm joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Hankel per usual. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm sorry, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. And I'm doing good. All right. <laughs> the Hurricanes are doing good and well as of late. 13-game point streak. They went 3-0-1 this past week on home ice. Uh, the only loss, the Chicago Blackhawks last night, Thursday night, where they had a one nothing lead with uh, just a few minutes to go in regulation. They allowed a goal. Best moment for a Stillman in, P- in PNC slash RBC Center ever. His first NHL goal, and that uh, that sent it to overtime, and Alex DeBrincat won it in overtime for, for Chicago. But Carolina, 13-game point streak, again, 3-0-1 at home this week. Nine out of ten points on the five-game homestand. Yeah, I mean that'll work. Since they clinched the playoff spot, I mean they've been on quite the roll. I think it's crazy to think like the third, like a thirteen-game point streak. That's a that's nearly a quarter of the season they've gone without a regulation loss. Well, in home ice this year, they are done with their home schedule. They went twenty-three and five. They had three games where they didn't get a point out of twenty-eight. On home ice, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, they don't control. After the overtime loss last night, I think they don't control their own destiny for that anymore. Because I think if Vegas won out in regulation, they would have the same number of points as the Hurricanes, and um, they would have more regulation wins. But no, it's crazy. I'm I'm looking at it here. I'm trying to count. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, so in their last 19 games, there are, I think, two games where the Hurricanes did not get a point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like, it, it, it's funny, too, because it's like we've talked about this before. It's like it feels like when they do lose, partly, A, I, I feel like because – like when they do lose, it's so rare this year. Like it, it feel like it feels like the feeling is a lot like worse than it should be because it's like, well, they win almost every game. So yeah, what was funny was I looked at Twitter. I, I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot um, over the past week or so, but I, I looked last night after they lost. It was like, oh, Mrazic, what are you doing? So you made like twenty six or twenty eight saves. Like he's been injured. Like Jesus, man. I mean, what, <laughs> they lose Some one game. Stop like nearly every breakaway two on one yeah, rush. What are we doing? Especially in like the second period. Some of those were good, like very good saves. Like the fact that the Hurricanes had a one nothing lead through two periods was very much about Peter Mrazek and what he was doing. Yeah. It was like time after time. It was like the break. It comes in alone. 
Patrick Kane comes in alone, like Pius Suter comes in alone. It's just like Mrazic turning all those away. <laughs> You're going to look at the game and be like, wow, I can't believe Mrazic stopped that. Wow, Mrazic really came up short here. <laughs> wow, why couldn't he make 12 high danger saves? Why couldn't he score goals against Chicago more than one anyway? Yeah. And I get the, I, I you know, we joke around, but I, I, I get it. You know, Ned is young. He's the new thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that stuff's going to happen. It's just funny. Oh, yeah, no, no. I I mean, I think Alex Nedeljkovic is probably still their best option, but. Yeah. Ned's also, like, the perfect fan failsafe. I mean, you're like, you're like, you have to play him. He's young. He's like, proving himself. But then also, if he, like, has a bad game, he's like, oh, he's young. Yeah, he's you know, young. He's proving himself, you know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> So the Hurricanes are the first team in the league to reach 80 points, and they lead the league in points percentage and points. Like, Andrew, you said if Vegas wins out and wins their games in regulation, no President's Trophy for the Hurricanes. But there's a very real possibility that the Hurricanes will win the President's Trophy if Vegas manages to, to drop you know, some ground in the, in the remaining games. Yeah. Vegas is two against St. Louis, one against Colorado and then San Jose. I feel like it's a good chance. Yeah. One of those teams. Can I mean, like if, if the hurricanes went out and Vegas drops a point, I think the hurricanes would still get it. So, yeah. Yes. But with regards to the central division, I'm not sure who, who picked Carolina to win the division. Did any of us pick Carolina? To win the division? I, I said, if, um, I don't know who did, but I can tell you three people who were not among them. I'm yeah. pretty sure at least. I, <laughs> yeah. I know I was not. I, I'm pretty I sure I would have. I would say Carolina second. I say Carolina second. I, I think I said Tampa, Carolina, and the rest was wrong. I think I said I think I said third. I think I said Tampa, Dallas, Carolina. That's an oof. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, because I totally could have <laughs> predicted Dallas, like, be the most injured team in the league and falling apart. But I also could not have predicted their hurricanes being quite as good as they have been. Yeah. I think like a lot of the picks for the division, like the projections had like the winner with like mid sixties and points, maybe 70. Like Carolina has 80. (laughs) It's no, like I feel like it's kind of muddled by the fact that like, we don't have a ton of frame of reference for like sure. a short season like this. The Hurricanes have had like we keep harping on this, but they have had an insanely good, like ridiculously good regular season. Yeah, bring out the old math machine here. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. It's, I mean, right now they have the equivalent with two games left to play. Right now they have the equivalent of. 121 points in an 82 game season. That's, that's ridiculous. Pretty, that's pretty strong. Well, cuz let's let me even like okay, so 2018-19 that Tampa team that lost to Columbus that was like insanely good won the President's Trophy had 128 points. So again, there's obviously a lot more this team wants than the regular season, but I I do think yeah. that's worth celebrating. I think it's pretty cool. A president's trophy is a banner, and they haven't gotten a banner in uh, for accomplishments as a team since 
the All-Star game, or in real terms, the 08-09 season? Was that the, did they win this? No, they didn't win the Southeast Division that year, did they? No, they were this. So if the no, if they clinched the division, it'd be the first division title too since 2006, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. If they won the President's Trophy, they'd get two banners. Because yeah, it's it's not like it's um, college basketball where you hang your like round of 32. You look, you know, you look up yeah. in the rafters, you see all of NC State's like round of 32 <laughs> banners. They didn't hang. They don't hang one for going to the conference final. <laughs> I thought you what was it national? Didn't they hang a band? Yeah, they did. They hung one for like making the playoffs, didn't they? I don't think it was made the playoffs. It sounds stupid. They like they had the presence trophy and then they had like Western Conference Finals banner, I think. That's what it was. That's right. Which is just like it was so it was such an embarrassing moment. Well was I get that it. The it's on the fans. Uh, let me let me look up national banners. Well, the interesting thing I said to look at, too, is, like, if if you're the Hurricanes, who would you rather see in the first round, Nashville or Dallas? Because, like, they're, they're not going to think like this. Like, they're not going to – but, like, you have inf- rather large influence over who's going to end up with that last seed if Dallas wins out, which they pretty yeah. much have to do. So, so it was – hung the points. banner for yeah. winning the Central Division. It, it was the Central Division champs, the President's Trophy, and the Western Conference champs. I mean, look, you can joke about this, but the, the Hurricanes could in in reasonably have the, a very similar setup here. <laughs> well, because the thing is, like this year, what do you ha- like? Do you hang a banner that just says Stanley Cup finalist if you lose? Because you're technically not a conference champion. Like, there are no conferences. You know? Uh, Like, do you hang one that says, like, NHL Final Four, like, to commemorate this weird season? Probably. uh, I mean, because, well, if you think about it, there could, it could be, like, you could have, like, three East teams. So it's like the Eastern Conference versus like one yeah. best team. Definitely. No, I mean you could have the hur like you could have Hurricanes Capitals in the Stanley Cup final. Like Hurricanes Capitals sure. and like throw Toronto in there. And you can even have like Tampa, Toronto, like or like Boston or something, like three Atlantic division teams. Toronto's not getting out of the Canadian division. I've already decided that. So I mean, I'm not saying that they are or aren't. I'm just saying they're the current front runners at the top. Big Canadian fan though, Andrew, you're saying they're coming out? Uh, I would probably have to go with the the oil. The oil. I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can win two playoff series. I cannot believe that Connor McDavid is going to hit a hundred points in fifty six games. Yeah, you and I had this conversation the other night, Ryan. But like, at some point, you have to like, like even with the division, like weak division caveats, like that's still impressive as hell. Like that, that's <laughs> it's still insane. insane. It's got, I think he's like five points away in like four games or something like that. It's it's something amazing. Like, yeah, you can be like, oh, it's weak division, weak goaltending, weak defense, whatever you want to call it. But like at the end of the day, nobody else is putting up 100 points in 56 games in that division. Big news. Breaking news on the podcast. Max McCormick is on waivers. So I guess that means either Brendan Moore said um... – I would guess it's for Jordan Martinook. Brendan Moore said yesterday morning that they were hoping to have him either for 
this the those first game in Nashville are certainly for the last game. Um, he did he hasn't said much about Brock McGinn, who is a, a player. I think we can all agree that Hurricanes would probably like to have back for the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah, big big old Brock. Sweet. Can we talk about how big of a betrayal this is to Max McCormick? This is equal to Albert Pujols being released by the Angels. I mean, I can't. Max McCormick, McCormick did not start his career with the Hurricanes, just like Albert Pujols did not start his That's career right. with the Angels. So. There's a lot of similarities between. <laughs> That's just Albert one of Pujols and Max McCormick. That that is one. Remember that goal that McCormick scored by like batting it in. It's there kind you of go. Like baseball, way, both Pujols. baseball players. They, they both McCormick bat. has more hits this year than Pujols, I think, after that. Uh, I believe Pujols is batting like uh, .035. It's no. not good, yeah. No, it's, it's like it, 197, it's but, you know. That was shocking, right? The, to, to veer away from hockey for a second to see that. Yeah, we never do that. Yeah, we never do that. It's very rare here on the podcast. We're very hockey-specific. Um, never tangents. But yeah, Albert, Albert Pujols got released by the Angels. I mean, was that disrespectful to Albert Pujols, or was it just a move that the team should have made? I mean, it's it, like it's tough. Like it's really tough to do that to a guy like Albert Pujols. But at the same time, like if you don't know his name and you look at his numbers this season, you're like, yeah, well, no shit, they released him. Like, yeah. I still remember, like. Like I was, I've never been the biggest baseball person, if you can believe. But I can remember the day that Albert Pujols was signed with Angels, like for a quarter of a billion dollars, pretty much. Like that had just blew my mind seeing somebody sign a contract for a quarter of a billion dollars to play a sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I. That was like shocking too when he left the Cardinals. He, I think he'll always. I mean. Obviously, he'll always be remembered as a Cardinal, but any chance the Angels had there, I think releasing him is probably uh, <laughs> the end of that line. Probably, if there's ever he played, even he played more. He played like just straight up played more games as a Cardinal. He, too, he played more with St. Louis. Yeah, no, and he won. He was better there. He won World Series there. Like, no, there's no way he doesn't. No, he as a he was. Now. I mean, maybe like after he signs with the Royals, like he might. All right. They might consider that, but. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> he's he's from Kansas City. Like it's not it's not that crazy. Like. All right. I don't even know that I necessarily want it, but I also would not put it past them to do it. If he signs with Kansas City, after being with St. Louis, I will be. <laughs> I will be. I'll be flabbergasted. I'll be shocked. I mean, I, I would. I would say. Number one, he played there. He's from there. Number two, the Royals' current manager was one of his teammates in St. Louis. Um, obviously, he could just go back to St. Louis. So the, the thing about him going to the National League right now is there's no DH, no DH this year. Yeah. Um, and then they said, too, with the White Sox um, that it would fit to for them to sign a dinosaur because their manager is a dinosaur. So. <laughs> Andrew, do you feel like uh, the Royals getting Albert Pujols would be like karmic balance after dealing with the hatred wrath of Angel Hernandez? Nothing. We can <laughs> He's literally the worst. Stop. We and, need to... 
That is not a road we need to go down on this podcast. Speaking of terrible baseball, Tony La Russa, uh, what the hell is he doing? What, um, what the hell are the White Sox doing hiring him? That was literally gotta, the stupidest thing ever. You, you've got an like, awesome, talented, young, exciting team, and you literally dug up a fucking fossil to manage it. Like, what are you doing? Didn't they have like? Didn't they have like a manager who like brought him to the playoffs the first time in a little bit? And yes, it, it made no manager sense. Manager of the year finalist yeah, last year. Yeah, and they fired him for literally like just to bring in this old, old piece of shit, Tony Larusa. And also, he he didn't know that he could have a pinch runner and in extra innings, so he had a pitcher on second base. <laughs> who do you have, Liam that. Hendricks on base? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love the reporter like asks him that and then literally reads the rule book to him. And he's like, guess you know more than me. It's like, actually, yeah, I guess he does. <laughs> you don't that's admit not, that. That's, that's something you don't thing. admit. That's, that's very not a good thing, Tony. And don't even get me started about Tony LaRusse's earlier life. I mean, don't even get me started on that. I'm, I'm just talking about his current uh, debacles, but there's been plenty of others if you oh, know yeah. the story of Tony Larusa, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to go down that tunnel, Brett, we could then pivot to poor decisions by ownership groups. Oh yeah, <laughs> what is the yeah. Rangers doing? Yeah, what what the what the fuck? Actually, okay, there's so much going let's, on. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let. Yeah. Let's talk about not just that, but let's talk about this entire epic shit show of rangers capitals and the nhl department of player safety this week because oh my god it's been unbelievable uh you'll never believe it tom wilson was at the center of another controversy and and he he just starts he takes pavel buchnevich i believe it was and yep. tried to uh put his head like literally beneath the ice uh, he like cross checked his like neck into the ground and was like punching him while he was down, uh, so that was great, a really good start. Then there was another uh, scrum uh, who would again who would guess involving Tom Wilson, and he grabbed Artemi Panarin by his hair and yanked him and threw him to the ground. Um, thus injuring him for the remainder of the season. And, you know, Tom Wilson started all of this, and, and it led to an injury to a superstar player. So, naturally, they fined him $5,000. Yeah. That's the end of the story, right? No, um, because obviously, and of course, because the, the Rangers and Capitals were playing back-to-backs with each other. So, they were going to play again uh, the day after the uh, horrible, terrible uh, suspension was announced. And Horrifying act of violence. And guess what? Uh, the Rangers just had their best player injured for the remainder of the season. So you can imagine how that one went. Uh, line brawl to start the game. Fights, uh, nonstop fights, many fights. Cross-check to the face from Pavel Buchnevich on uh, Anthony Mantha. Just uh, embarrassing showing, but you understand why... Th- the Rangers did that because if the Department of Player Safety is going to do it, uh, I guess they have to do it. Oh, and by the way, they called out George Peros and asked for his job to be taken away from him because terrible of how unfair. how terrible uh, his ruling was. Terribly unfair for them to 
do that. <laughs> the Rangers, like, Thomas gets a $5,000 fine. So the, the Rangers naturally put out a public statement That's condemning right. the horrifying act of violence and then also calling for George Perros That's to right. be fired. That's right. Got to find 50 times the amount that Tom Wilson did for that. That's right. They got a $250,000 fine for calling out George Perros. Just unfair to George Peros. I mean, poor he, George Peros. He's the real victim in all just, of this. He, he really wants to do a good job, so it's just unfair to tell him he's not good at the job. Yeah, it, it's not fair to criticize George Peros. So, in in solidarity uh, with George Peros, uh, the Capitals posted an embarrassing meme about Tom Wilson that got oh deleted in 15 seconds oh and got ratioed to fucking hell. Uh, and that that's how this week went for the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. Oh, and TJ Oshie scored a hat trick, which was nice. It was a nice moment. His his father passed away, and he scored a hat trick. I would love it. I would abs. I would have absolutely loved it if the only thing to focus on in that game was the TJ Oshie hat trick. Wouldn't that have been nice? That was like a tertiary storyline. <laughs> it should have like it should have. Rod Brindamore, I mean, he was at the main thing. It was funny. The main thing he was asked for his thoughts about it and if they needed to do a better job. And he basically said, um, I'd love to have that conversation with you, but what am I going to get out of it besides probably in trouble? But he did say, um, you know, that there needed to be a deter, a deterrent and the players basically took it into their own hands. And he was gave the players credit for that and was going to leave it at that. But yeah, I mean, the, the thing of the league and also, it was suspendable, but at the same time, like it, like Pavel Buchnevich got suspended, um, which when you're not suspending Wilson, like if you're the league and you're the Department of Player Safety, you chose everything that happened in that second game. I truly believe none of that happens if you suspend Tom Wilson for a single game. That single game, none of that happens. I mean, Instead, it, we get NHL. NHL record six fights in the opening five minutes of a game. And if, if, if you're going to sit there and say that, like, what happened in that game or anything that happened this week is good because it gets people talking about hockey or that what happened in that game grows the game. Surely no, shut up. Surely shut no boneheaded uh, hockey media people would ever say that. Like, no, we're, we're people are talking about it for all the wrong reasons. Um, the Twitter trending thing, by the way, said that Tom Wilson played for the Flyers. So people are sure That's people are talking well. about it, but they can't even get it right. Uh, as if the Flyers need any other headaches this season, they have Tom Wilson now apparently. But um, no, it's like I don't. And, and they're like, "Oh, did you enjoy that?" Like, no, I, I don't enjoy driving past a flaming car wreck on the highway. But it's human nature for me to look at it. That doesn't mean I want to see it again. Like, hey, come views on, reviews, baby. Nothing, nothing that involves heightened risk of injury and putting players in danger is good for the game or grows the game, and I, that should not be a controversial statement. Can we just let's just be totally transparent here for like the first like like the opening line brawl? It's like, all right, this is okay, you know? Yeah. Uh, fight to the death. Okay. And then you're over it. And then you're like, okay, it's time to watch hockey, right? And then it just keeps going. It, 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 like, it keeps coming back, fights Buchnevich, cross-checks Mantha in, in his face and gets a one-game suspension. It, it, it just be, After the initial wave, it's like, okay, let's 
play hockey now because it's I no one wants to just watch this for sixty minutes worth of on ice time. It, like to me, it made no sense. It's like I think back to when Wilson, you know, boarded Carlo and like I suspended seven games. The next game that the Bruins and Capitals played, Tenorti fought Wilson and then Frederick fought Wilson. That was it. Like. To have the Rangers Capitals have an opening line brawl with six players that were not involved in the p- original play from the last game at all was like, I'm like, what are we even doing here? And then like Strom fighting Eller and like someone else, like there's like a rookie trying to fight Oshi. I'm like, you're literally just like grabbing people for no apparent reason. Like take your anger on like, like I, Tom Wilson. I feel like it should be, it should be handled like Brendan Smith, like poor Brendan Smith. Like he just knew he had, he was the one who was going to have to fight Wilson. Like he knew he was going to get his ass kicked. Like Wilson could pretty much fight most everyone in the league, which is why there's no real deterrent from him other than the league taking proper action. But like poor Brendan Smith knew going in, he had to fight him. And then like he went and challenged Wilson as soon as he got on the ice. But like the, the five other fights that broke out, it's like made no sense to me. It's like, what are we doing here? It just kind of it was the the game itself was just such an embarrassment, and like it should be like great for T.J. Oshie to get that hat trick like after his father's passing like such a beautiful like great sport moment ruined by this embarrassing like fiasco, the created by the Department of of Player um, Hatred I guess I don't know they don't care about player safety so maybe they should suspend Tom Wilson next time. That might work. I mean, Christ, how do you not suspend him? <laughs> <laughs> what are you like? What are you doing? Incoming Tom Wilson Stanley Cup gif. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What a joke. I like my whole thing is like, like Tom Wilson. Yes, Tom Wilson can be a very effective hockey player. He's got like thirty, forty some points. When he he's plays hockey, presence. he's good. When he plays hockey, he's great. For whatever reason, he, I I don't I do not think Tom Wilson before the game wants to injure somebody. But I think for whatever reason, when he steps on the ice and he sees somebody in a vulnerable position, he just goes for it. He just wants to injure somebody on the ice. I don't know if he has anger issues. I don't know what it is. It just for me, what it just, it's repeat offending. It's time after time after time. And I don't want to watch a game where I see Tom Wilson end someone's career because he's a bonehead who can't control himself. It, it is, it is like, it's, it's almost like roid rage. Like it, it's like, he just, he just cannot control it. Because you're right, too, in that, like, Tom Wilson is not just, like, I mean, he is a goon, but, like, that, he doesn't, like, that's not, he doesn't have to do this stuff. Like, he's a good player. Like, he can score. He's a power forward type. Like, Tom, Tom Wilson's straight up hockey game has value. I, I don't, like, he, he does not need to be doing this, this stuff. Yeah, we don't like Tom Wilson around here. Not quite, no. No. I don't think anywhere outside of Washington, D.C. likes Tom Wilson. The hockey men do. This is true. Greg Wyshynski does, apparently. Greg Wyshynski loves him. Greg Wyshynski actually responded to me, I think, Monday or Tuesday night when I called him out for saying something, but... I know Frank Saravalli too. Always big on Wilson. What we also liked was the Bad Batch, oh. the, the premiere episode. Um, I didn't watch it until yesterday. Yeah, uh, I have not seen the one that came out today, but I have seen the first one. Uh, thoughts on the episode, the premiere? Very, very good. That um, Ryan, you've seen it, right? 
No, I haven't had the chance, but you can go ahead and talk about it. Like, I won't, I won't remember by the time I get around to it. Okay. You can spoil. That if first 15 minutes was a, first of all, the thing that I feel like is not getting talked about enough when, like, the opening narration, they did the little clip of, like, a animated, like, scene from Revenge of the Sith with Anakin mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan Clone Wars style. Like, yeah. Oh, and then the, you knew it was probably going to start with Order 66, but, I guess you should have known that Dave Filoni would find some way for us to like care about it. And for those who have seen rebels, like, yeah, I, I remember the name as soon as the narration said, like, uh, master Dave, Balaba, I was like, Holy shit. That's Kanan's master. Like we're about to like see this, like, yeah. Young Kanan Jarrus. Like that, that was, and then the, I mean, the whole episode was great, but that, that first 15 minutes was, um, with Order 66 and everything else was epic. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited about where this is going. The only problem I had with it, with the, with that opening scene was how obvious it was that it was an, it was like an adult man's voice in the yes, child's body. It, it looked, it, it was, it was, it was very odd, but uh, no, it was good. You know, I, I, my excitement for Bad Batch, what hasn't been, Certainly, what what isn't on par with Kenobi or you know even the uh, Cassian Andor show, but you know I'm somewhat excited. And you know the first episode was good. I thought it was really good. Uh, I liked pretty much everything they did. The opening scene was good. Uh, kind of, you know, it's just it's an interesting premise. What do clones do after? the star of the empire when they're being yeah. phased out. So yeah, I'm excited to watch this week's episode. I thought it was a very good start. Uh, I, I love the final confrontation uh, at the end of the episode, not to spoil anything, but uh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was a really good start and uh, I trust Dave Filoni. So always, well, and I think that one thing I was reading yesterday too, that's kind of a cool thing for the show is like, you don't have like an obvious, like, established endpoint that you're working towards like it's not like clone wars where you know okay like yeah eventually we're gonna hit revenge of the sith and we all know what happens or like rebels where it's like okay eventually we're gonna run into the like rogue one a new hope timeline there there's really there's a lot of freedom i think for where this can go so that's that's exciting who knows where it's gonna go i know where we're gonna go though and that is off the podcast Thank you for listening this week. This has been the Kings Country Podcast. Uh, the Hurricanes are doing well. And you know what? That's just good to see. Of course, my name is Brett Finger. I'm joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Hankel. Per huge. Guys, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter? At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. At R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett Finger. Uh, you can follow Canes Country on Twitter at Canes Country, Instagram, Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. Read the site, CanesCountry.com. Follow slash subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Megaphone, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the Canes Country podcast. Please leave a rating, a review. Those things help us out very much. Um, we'll talk to you in a week, and, and by that time... Uh, it's going to be... we talking about the playoffs. It's going to be playoff time. We're going to know if the Hurricanes won the President's Trophy, who they're facing in the first round. 
We'll talk about all of that and certainly some other things next week. Goodbye.